everybody, and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday night case updates. Really one of our very favorite shows of the week. Mm-hmm. Really I'm happy to be here. Too. Oh, my gosh. Well, there's just been so much. I, I Before the show, we're like, you know, conversing about show stuff. And I can't even spit out words because I've just got so much in my brain to regurgitate to you guys. <laughs> so right? I'll do my best to regurgitate it well and not just vomit all over you. But <laughs> Well, I mean, if you don't mind. <laughs> it's kind of how I'm feeling. Yeah. Oh, my God. I get that. Lordy, there's a lot going on. I want to say hi to everybody coming in the chat and want to also welcome anyone who's listening to an archive, a replay, or of course a podcast. So welcome yeah. to everybody. I will say this show that Wednesday night case updates gets the most listens of anything we put out. Yep. Except for a, like, you know, a blockbuster, like when Brian uh, Koberger was first arrested or some of the Gabby Petito right. stuff or, you know, like big things like that, but just on a weekly general day, basis. Fun. Yeah. Just on a weekly general basis, uh, it's this show that gets mm-hmm. the very most listens. So it we is. appreciate that. That's cool. We love it. We certainly do. So how's it going? What have you been doing all day? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, did some work and I don't know. <laughs> I did some meditation this afternoon and I still feel like maybe I haven't quite come back from it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Rhonda ordered us Hawaiian food for dinner, which was really good. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I actually door dashed Hawaiian last night. Oh, nice. And it was not very good. I, oh. I, it's a little place in Rexburg, and I gave them a second chance. I tried them once before, and I was like, oh, they are not Mobetas. But they are local. So I'm like, really? Come on. Give them a chance. Mm-hmm. So I tried them one more time. Uh, they were quick. The dasher was awesome. All of that was good. But their food is just, I hate saying this, but it's not Mobetas. Mm. Ah. You know what I had tonight? Hmm. Mobetas. Yeah, I know you did. Because <laughs> yeah. we have one here. Oh, no, they are really good. Yeah. Well, some of you may know that I absolutely love college basketball. Love it. Like, especially Mountain West, because that's where we live, you know. So Boise State basketball has been my jam forever. And... And I love high school basketball, too. Professional basketball, duh, it's not that fun. I think it's boring. But uh, anyway, but high school and, and college is where it's at. So they're, you know, getting down to the end. And Boise State, the last few years, has been really good. But they always get, like, the Mountain West never gets very much credit. You know, it's just the bigger schools. There are certain schools that are always make it to the big dance. And Boise rarely, very rarely does. And the last two years, they actually made it like to the play-in games and were like one and done. So, but at least they made it that far. Even that has been huge for them. Right. Anyway, so they had a huge game last night against San Diego State. And I was home alone. So it's just me and the dogs and the pigs watching this game. And it was so effing good. (laughs) Towards the end, I yelled so loud that it startled the pigs. They bailed out of bed and ran outside. Wow. <laughs> like, I am a lunatic. What is going on here? But anyway, they won. So there you go. They freaking won. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what matters. Good for them. That's great. It's what matters. Yeah. But uh, the dogs were 
super confused. The pigs, obviously terrified, ran outside. I yelled so loud. So sorry about that. But uh, it is what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Basketball is fun. We both played basketball. We both wanted to play school ball, you and I. But uh, we were too short. And so we were really good and fast. Both good little point guards. Yeah. Yeah. And we could shoot because we had a basketball, we had a hoop and we would play basketball with our dad all the time. Oh yeah. But man, you get to junior high tryouts and the first thing they do is line you up by height and the short girls just go home. That was just always last every single time. I even did it two years. I, I tried out in seventh grade, got cut, tried out again in seventh, in eighth grade, just hoping. And I mean, literally the coach is like, no, nope, no. Apparently being five feet. I tall, tried out in seventh grade and enough. I grew the most I've ever grown in my life in one year in seventh grade. It still wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> I mean, like the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, the rest is too long. <laughs> Sarah said, as an Indiana alum, I concur. College ball is awesome. Oh, it yeah. Is. It is really fun to watch. It is. I also love the women's. And it doesn't get televised as much, at least with Mountain West. A lot of times you have to watch it on their app. And But I don't know. Unless you watch, you just don't know. But women's basketball and men's basketball, I mean, they're basically the same rules via some, or versus a few clock differences. But they're essentially the same game, same rules. Mm-hmm. Not know it by watching those games the way they get called. In the men's mm. game, they call quite a few fouls. Both teams enter bonus before the end of the first half or second half most of the time. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, a player or two will foul out by the end of the game. That's pretty common. Mm-hmm. In basketball, they don't call fouls. You can mm-hmm. see girls absolutely clobber the bejesus out of each other and it never gets called. That sounds like church basketball <laughs> in the 80s early 90s in which i still have scars from playing because that was some mean ass basketball i still run into girls in town that i don't like because Because of that church basketball (laughs) yeah yep (laughs) i love it oh my gosh oh amy said she's been to a university of oklahoma female games a few times Oh, they used Fine. to give them away before they came. Go- yeah. The women's sports just do not get enough attention. But then again, Amy, you live in Oklahoma where softball is king. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Janet said, uh, we have a newborn and I'm about to give my husband oven mitts for games on TV. The clapping and cheering. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go for a big clapping with the oven mitts on. I think that'd be great. Maybe Fiona hears two you. foam yes. fingers, you know. <laughs> Irene says that's because men's basketball has become soft and they're sensitive, right? Sounds about right. They've had to initiate a flop rule because there's so much flopping. It's just ridiculous. So now if you flop and and they think that you flopped, it's a tech. It's a different kind of tech, but it's a tech nonetheless. And somebody just became such a thing that if anyone Mm -hmm. even looked at you, you were on your back. So Mm -hmm. the women don't flop. They get thrown 12 feet. I mean, (laughs) it's totally different. That's funny. Anyway, well, this really isn't a show about basketball, but thank you all for indulging me. (laughs) (laughs) I messaged all of my kids, Boise won! And they're like, okay, mom. Mm -hmm. My kids uh, either do go or have gone to Boise. Right. And they're just, 
I told Matea, what am I doing at home? I should have come to Boise. We should have been at this game. What am I doing? But it sold out. So, yeah, I'm probably not. Oh, anyway, boo. Yeah. Oh, France has Mobettas is the best. Yes, they are. If you guys have never had Mobettas, what are you even doing with your life? No, Amy didn't like it. Amy didn't like oh, Really? Oh. Maybe it was an off day. Maybe. Oh, Amy, Amy says, leave the flops for soccer. Yeah, they're real dramatic, too. <laughs> Within 10 feet of them, somebody's on their back. Mm -hmm. It is. For sure. Up, tough it's enough, boys. Oh, it made her sick. Oh, well, then hard oh, pass. Yeah. yeah. It was oh, a way off day. There again. That's, that, mm -hmm. that's my rule. <laughs> right. For sure. Well, as you know, uh, we are going back to court tomorrow. Yes, we are. Um, now, we're, we're hoping that... It, on a wing and a prayer. This is me here. crossing my fingers. This is me with, there we go. I have to do it manually because my arthritis doesn't let me do it anymore. <laughs> I can't flip the bird. Look at this. I can't quite, <laughs> I don't have the, yeah, look at that finger. It won't do it. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's an overuse injury. I don't know. But we do know, uh, it looks to me like the defendants will be in court tomorrow because I did go and look at Lori's uh, portal and uh, right here, Today, we have an order to transport, which yeah. means that she's going to court tomorrow. So we will see the defendants. I would assume that means that Pryor will be in court tomorrow. Um, um, yeah, I, I think, think the so. gang will all be there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with yeah, that. Her bird finger is worn out. That is definitely an overuse injury. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? The other hand is no better. <laughs> well, I think that's good that the defendants are going to be like. Mm -hmm. This better be a real hearing, Judge Boyce, or you're going to have some pissed off people on your hands. He, he cares care. not. He doesn't care at all. No. He, he made yet another order to seal shit today. Yes, yeah, subpoenas. They're, subpoenas. They're stealing subpoenas now. From here on out, all subpoenas will be sealed. What the fuck, man? Since when did the public not have the right to know? No, he's out of control with the sealing and the secrecy and... Yeah. It's worrisome. It, it's worrisome it for the future of the case, for the long-term longevity of convictions. It's it's worrisome. It is. Yeah. Francis, if we're lucky, this is big news and they will plea. Well, uh, we are <laughs> hoping we're on a, another wing of a prayer here. We really want it, but uh, we'll find out. Wouldn't that be something? We don't know, man. They got some pretty bombshell evidence on Tuesday. Um, Everyone was like rattled. They were. They were shaken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can we say shooketh? Yes. Yes. A voluminous amount of shaking had gone on. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when that second report arrived and it was just like the judge just could not end that hearing fast enough. Right. I think they all just needed to go to their own rooms and process. Uh, <laughs> right. Lori said maybe, oh, he's one of Lori and Chad's disciples. I don't think so. But when, mm -hmm. when I first read that, I thought you meant... Because I had said this too, when we got to the car, we were both like, what in the actual thought is going on here? Mm -hmm. And I said, wouldn't it be the damnedest thing? And I don't really think this is true, but wouldn't it be the damnedest thing if the DNA they found isn't Lori's or Chad's or Alex? I know. Yeah. Or we Tandy had this combo about like, what if there's a fourth sample? <laughs> yeah. What if... One of the Melanie's has been lying this whole time. I mean, they have been lying this whole time. But I mean, what if, or or someone else? I don't, I'm not blaming. I'm not 
be careful. But you know, I, what if, wouldn't that be crazy? I don't really think that's true though, but I do think that DNA showed up that's probably really rattled somebody. Well, I mean, I'm concerned about this Brady violation, uh, filing by prior. What justification does he have for that? I'm sorry. I know you're going to present that, but I'm like, no, you're fine. I mean, this is, we're we're on Daybell. So we might as well. Yeah. Here's why I'm not worried about it. He has cried that so many times in this case that uh, he has. I just can't. I, I I I can't take it as a serious thing anymore. But he does say, I want to get to it exactly so that uh, I say this correctly. Uh, this was from the docket uh, that had reported this last night. The docket said that Chad Daybell is asking for sanctions against the state for not providing possible Brady evidence. And his remedies include dismissing the indictment or dropping the death penalty specs and not allowing any of the exculpatory evidence that was not timely disclosed. Here's my problem with that. Is it a Brady violation or is it exculpatory? Well, Brady, that it would be exculpatory. It would be exculpatory. It would have to be. But, I mean, go ahead and prove it, dude. Right. This is just a guess on his part of a. It's it's still about the, the tips and those electronics mm-hmm. that he could have looked at for the last three yeah. freaking years and didn't. Exactly. This is still him trying to pull out little loose threads to try to find a way to unravel this case because he has nothing. Right. So here's and to what say that that's exculpatory. Ed- yeah. Says who, dude? Right. Unless there really is exculpatory evidence in the DNA, which I also well, it doubt, could be, but. but that also that doesn't mean they withheld it from him. They didn't. They didn't have it either. Right. So he can say that all he wants, but that's not really true. I think it's just right. more of of prior just being uh, dramatic and whining. So a Brady violation is evidence that the prosecution is aware of that could potentially exonerate the, one of the defendants. And, the, and that was held from and has been withheld. Yeah. Now that happens. I mean, we covered a case a couple of days ago about a guy who went to prison for two decades for a rape he didn't commit and was just barely exonerated on Brady violations. Mm-hmm. The defense knew the entire time. Or yeah. sorry, the prosecution knew the entire time that it wasn't him. The entire right. freaking time. Right. It does happen. In this case, it, it, he's just. He just has nothing still. He's still grasping. Mm. But I think it's very interesting that he's like, well, you guys owe us something. So why don't you just drop the death penalty? Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to negotiate stuff. I just, Mm -hmm. that's not going to go anywhere. You know why I think it's not going to go anywhere? Because real death penalty attorneys haven't tried it. Right. Because the other attorneys have said, not one word about any of this. And that's, that's where I think, you know, if something's legit, I think that Archibald and, um, what did I forget his name? The other attorney, Lori's other attorney, Thomas, Archibald Thomas. Thomas, they would be, they would be filing stuff and pissed and they're not, they're like, we're good. Yep. Also, you guys know how a lot of times in courts, uh, Pryor ends up like 50 shades of maroon? Yeah. He wasn't. 
Now, true, he was on Skype, so we couldn't see him, uh, you know, as close up as normal, but he wasn't. He wasn't. In fact, he looked... I don't think Skype has beauty filters either. (laughs) (laughs) He looked a little pale, in fact, but not so bright Mm -hmm. red faced like normal, which I just thought was kind of interesting. Uh, He wasn't upset. Yeah, Or maybe he was. Maybe that's why he was pale. Everyone seemed kind of shaken. They did. So... They did. None of them seemed like they were on their best game after that first meeting with the judge. So, Mm -mm. but here's a few things that we do know. So there was a filing by the state that is the 13th supplemental discovery disclosure. This is just more of the same evidence, but there were a couple of things that I thought were interesting on it. So Sorry, let me find those things. Yes. There have, in the end of uh, this filing, and it's the 13th discovery. Basically, it's just more of the same stuff. It's the uh, the tips that went nowhere and that kind of stuff, we think. Mm-hmm. But here's a few things I thought were interesting. Further, while there has never been a specific request from the defendant, and while they are not items specifically referenced in ICR 16, The state wanted to remind counsel that all jail calls are recorded. And if counsel would like to review any of those calls, arrangements can be made. To clarify, any jail calls which the state intends to introduce into evidence have previously been provided to the defense. Additionally, there are some in-person visits that have been retained by the Fremont County Sheriff's Office. However, those visits are not automatically saved or recorded. While those have not never been specifically requested and are not required pursuant to ICR IRC 16, if defense would like to review any of those, they will be made available. Finally, there have also been a few individuals who have contacted the prosecutor's offices claiming to have information regarding the case and or threatening the prosecutors these have been deemed to have no evidentiary evidentiary value. However, while not required under ICR 16, if the defense would like to review any of these, they can be made available. Interesting. Interesting that they're literally calling out to them, hi, we have all these things. If you want them, we'd just like to remind you that they exist because the defense hasn't asked for any of it any of those things that's odd and it's odd that the prosecutor's office would prompt them like that like what i thought so too i just thought that was a very strange paragraph their motive in doing that i mean it's totally the defense's fault Mm -hmm. if um they don't ask for stuff just like they didn't ask for the tips they didn't ask for any of those electronics until now and making a big bit about it but it's their own fault Mm-hmm. why would they prompt them? It's almost like, hey, you might want to listen to something over here. Mm-hmm. Why? That's really strange. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I thought it was very odd as well. Yep. To shut prior up, maybe you help maybe. Well, maybe they're it like, is kind of a call out. Like, you haven't asked for a damn thing, so just FYI, these things exist too. Yeah. Also, the in-person visits to the Fremont County Jail are very interesting. Now, Madison is still not allowing in-person visits. It's all just 
mm -hmm. the, the video phone stuff, right? Uh, unless you're her attorney or her clergy. Right. But it sounds to me like Fremont County has started allowing in-person visits again, you know, since COVID. They didn't there for a while. Mm -hmm. But the word on the street is that Chad's family still visits him frequently. And so as frequently as they're allowed to. So it is pretty interesting to uh, consider what the, some of those conversations could have sounded like, you know? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, Betty, nice to see you. I know hey, it's hard to make it to the show considering your time zone. Yeah. We always appreciate it when you do. Sarah said maybe just to remind them that you can go get them, but we aren't providing them on our own. Yeah. Well, Pri Pryor always needs that reminder because he always thinks that the prosecution needs to do his work for him. So Right. And are they just like preempting him having another big fit over something that was his job to get? I Yeah. It's just odd. Oh, Sarah said, uh, yeah, to Amy, it's not common to have Brady claim before the trial starts, but it can happen. I mean, Mark Means has been trying to claim, he was trying to claim Brady violations in the very beginning. Years ago. Is, yeah, we've been hearing this for years. And, and very incorrectly. Didn't even know uh, yeah. what that meant. Yeah. This is super dumb. So anyway, we thought that was pretty fascinating. Well, like interesting that the be. prosecutors have had threats, too. Yeah. Well, how do we talk about this without causing a, a, a fracas? I, I'm not going to say your name, but we overheard a conversation. Yes, we did. <laughs> can, can we talk about it? Do you think we can talk about it? Um, I just think we should say no names. Let's yes. Just okay. Not say any names. Uh, yes. Okay. So you guys can infer what you want. Uh, you can talk about it yourselves, but we're not going to say a name because we don't want any backlash. But we overheard a conversation while we were at the courthouse the other day. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of waiting and a lot of visiting. And we heard... So we were trying to listen, but neither mm -hmm. of us have very good hearing. I have terrible. <laughs> I didn't hear most of this, but... We did our best. We heard some interesting things about another case, too, that we can't talk about right now. Yes, but, we did. Uh, we're we're going to keep an eye on. But mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, we heard that... A certain uh, someone who had done some kind of uh, bombastic and uh, dramatic readings on this case mm -hmm. uh, has been hassling the prosecutor's office quite uh, profusely. Uh, we had even heard that she has filed a tort claim against the courts, and we're not really sure what that's about. We haven't seen any proof of it. Uh, we're not sure if she's trying to uh, cash in on a reward. Uh, or what exactly that means, but we did hear a certain someone's name come up mm -hmm. that uh, we thought was very interesting, and we're not sure if that's what those threats are about or unfounded uh, calls and information, but uh, there is someone who a lot of you have talked about uh, in the course of this case who did come up in conversation between mm -hmm. uh, some of uh, some law enforcement and uh, one of the uh, defense attorneys the other mm -hmm. day. And a member of the press. And press, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I could see um, <clears throat> threats for lots of different reasons. Many people have been very angry that this took so long to come yeah. to trial. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's been a lot of stuff people have been mad about. Mm -hmm. And is it yeah. possible that Chad and Lori have a cheering squad? Oh, hell yeah. I'm sure they do. Mm -hmm. Brian Koberger has women that are trying to marry him. I mean, come yes. on, man. Well, and it, they just have a cheering squad that's very quiet here. Uh-huh. In this community because everybody knows what's up and so you know well, we are aware of a few people that we do know were involved mm -hmm. they're not saying shit 
<laughs> that were are at least sympathizers. Yeah. yeah. A big part of it, though, these people are trying not to get excommunicated from the Mormon church. Right. Because when this all happened and the church went, whoa, we don't want anything to do with this. You're mm -hmm. out and you're out and bye-bye. You're not Mormons. They're not Mormons. No, no, they're not. They're not yeah. Mormons. Yeah. Uh, lots of Mormons who live mm -hmm. around here who were doing that stuff they were doing and were going to their meetings and were in their chat rooms and were involved in all of these uh, end of days conversations and stuff. They deleted their accounts. They got really damn quiet because they yeah. were all scared to death that they were about to get excommunicated. And mm -hmm. I don't know that some of them didn't. Yeah, we don't know. But we know that there were, yeah. you know, there certainly was a group here. And then, of course, in Arizona. Yeah. So, yeah, and probably other places, too. Mm -hmm. Yep. So pretty interesting stuff. So at any rate, that's what we have on Daybell Vallow. That's what we know so far. Uh, tomorrow's uh, status conference is not sealed. So we are going. So what we'll do is we will go and... Uh, It'll be in the morning. It starts, I believe, at 930. Mm -hmm. And then we'll come back and do a live stream probably around four-ish yeah. and let you know what happened. So that's, but we mm -hmm. will uh, live uh, tweet it in our Facebook I've been group. stretching my thumbs, getting mm -hmm. ready to <laughs> live yeah, book it. Cleaning out our ears so that we can yeah. just drop a little bit better. I know. <laughs> I do a better job on that. One lady finally walked up to us and said, now, who are you guys? We're, oh, we're we're just podcasters because you don't they don't like the press. So when they ask if we're press, we always say no because we're technically we're not press. Mm -hmm. uh, but we go we go quiet. You know, we just we we just stay in our own little lane. Mm -hmm. We do. But uh, this lady, because you know we've been seen up there a few times now, and so she marched up to us and said, "Now, who are you guys?" Mm -hmm. And she told us her first name. I don't have a clue who she is. She seems to know a lot of people there. So I, I don't know if she's a member of the press or what. I mean, she was perfectly nice. I'm not trashing oh, her yeah. anyway. Uh, but uh, we, Christy said, well, we're, we're podcasters. We're locals. We've just been podcasting this case from the beginning. And she went, oh. She said, we're the true crime squad. She goes, oh, I, I think I've seen one of your episodes or something. And then we got uh, kicked off the first floor and had to go to the second floor. And yeah. that was the end of our conversation with her. But anyway it's kind of an interesting deal it's an interesting mm -hmm. it vibe is. it is yeah yes and paula yeah everyone fingers crossed that the road will be open yeah because the highways up there great. have been terrible um but we're not supposed to be getting any more snow tonight so it should be okay yeah we will i have a four-wheel drive we'll be fine that's right we will plow that snow maybe yeah not. maybe all right well so that's a that mm -hmm. so let's move on from that and talk about moscow Okay, let's do. So a few things coming out about Koberger. Um, <laughs> I know this is going to be a huge surprise to you, but it turns out Brian's been a shit employee in the past. <laughs> what? No, no, no. Know. We know, <laughs> you know, he got fired from his TA job at University of Washington. Well, apparently, <laughs> um, he worked quite a few years ago now, as a fish cutter at a lake in Pennsylvania. So this was a big brown fish and pay lakes in Effort, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, he worked there a whole four months as a seasonal employee. This is while he was in high school. So they would cut and fillet raw fish, like using the big, mm -hmm. you know, the big knives. And, you know, a lot of places do that, like, 
you can go out on a body of water and catch fish and then come in and they will like flash freeze them for you and fillet them and stuff. Um, so the boss there said, he never warmed up and got friendly. Most kids that work here, we consider like family. He was withdrawn and didn't show improvements. It's <laughs> <laughs> like he okay. doesn't show improvement at any job. No, he does not seem to. Um, I just, the way he said it, he did not show improvement. Uh, and apparently was really unfriendly. And boy, that's what we just keep hearing about yep. him, is that socially he's a disaster. Mm -hmm. Just not, nobody was cool with him at all. Yeah. Uh, then another thing that was released today is the, or yesterday or something, um, the copy of the search warrant from Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of really boring stuff we already know. Um, but I'll just tell you what they took off from him when they did search him. Yeah, that's really the only part that isn't stuff we've already seen. Yeah, because the rest of it is the, pretty much the same as the probable cause Yeah, for the arrest warrant. He just turned it over to the police in Pennsylvania so they could use it too. Um, he had one defiant silver flashlight on him. He had four medical style gloves. Now, I got to say, this is weird. This is some stuff that you go, why did he have? Yeah. Anyway, he had a white Arizona Jean Company large T-shirt, a champion Cougars large black sweatshirt, WSU, um, a pair of black and white size 13 Nike shoes, pair of um, black Under Armour socks, Under Armour black large shorts, Under Armour black boxers large and one buccal swab which i think is the buccal swab that they actually did of him to get his mm -hmm. dna so that's what they took from him when he was in pennsylvania i mean the thing is at this point it's not as though we had like recent relevant evidence on him you well, know, right we're a, talking about a month later what? or more yeah a little more the time yeah. of the murders but that's what he had with him at the time um you know, just very quietly, a few things are coming out here and there. Not a lot. Mm -hmm. We just know that they were surveilling him for a few days, waiting for the arrest warrant to come through. Yep. Just keeping an eye on his house, on his cell phone, uh, mm -hmm. habits, on all those things. Just holding on. Because, you yep. know, they did lose him for a short time uh, after he good. left uh, Washington and until he got to about Denver and basically gave the FBI a straight up heart attack mm -hmm. until he showed back up on uh, CCTV. But... No. So they were not losing him again. Yeah, they were very careful not to lose him again. But that's that's what's happening there. I mean, his prelim is in June. And I just think yeah. till then, this is the well, kind of stuff you'll occasionally see. I don't know if we've talked about the house yet or not, but the house. Oh, yes, the house. The house has been donated to the college. And they're planning on tearing it down. Mm -hmm. I have serious reservations about that. I Can they really, should they really tear that house down until this trial is over? Maybe they're not going to. It sounded like they're like going to get her done. And I'm like, wait a minute. Today, today, the Murdoch trial, the Murdoch jurors went to Moselle and yeah. toured that spot and saw exactly where uh, Maggie and Paul were gunned down. And 
it just really gives me pause to go, why would they tear that house down quite yet? Like, I know it's a shitty reminder of what happened and it's a haunting reminder of those kids. And I understand that. But at the same time, don't we want justice for sure? Right. And so why what would if, they tear that house down? Yeah, it does seem they've been really quick, though. I mean, they were about to clean it when they arrested yeah. Cobra and stopped. And yeah, it's all been happening quickly, you know, mm -hmm. but the. The property owner has is is giving the property to the school, and the school says mm -hmm. that they are going to put in a memorial garden, yeah. in um, to honor the the victims of that yeah. murder, which I think is great. But I agree. Yeah, I screw with that house just yet. Yeah, really want them not to. You it just, just want to be seems... sure, don't you? Yeah, I would hope so. Yes. Yeah. All right. So that's what? what's up there. Uh, we have a brief update on Gerald Pizzuto. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So we've talked about Gerald Pizzuto. He is the guy that Idaho is just all hot and bothered to execute, even though he's been on death row for about 40 years. So there, it, we've, we've told you before that there's been a death warrant issued for him for March 23rd, I believe. Um, so now there's been a scheduling order that's come out basically some things have to be done before the court if they're going to appeal this, which I'm mm -hmm. sure they will. Um, they have to have their stuff into the court by Thursday, March 9th by 5 p.m. Um, the court has to get responses on that by March 13th. And any or oral argument in the matter um, has to be scheduled before March 16th at 3 p.m. So mm -hmm. just the kind of stuff that happens before an execution so that everybody's on the same page about if they're going to appeal it or not. And if the judge is going to hear appeals and all that stuff, um, you know, no, no word yet on if, uh, you know, Idaho has procured legally the drugs or illegally, uh, whatever. Heard it's was Idaho. Probably not. Yeah. He, he has pancreatic cancer yeah. along with a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. He's dying. And Idaho has not executed him several times. Yes, terminal cancer. Yep. They've well, not been executed on death row him. for like 40 some years. Yeah. And he's had several execution dates that came and went. And all of a sudden, now that he's an old dying guy, now now we're going to work real hard to kill him. It's just mm -hmm. gross. It's super gross. It, Very bloodthirsty. Yeah. Speaking of bloodthirsty, Idaho. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> We are having easily the stupidest legislative session that Idaho has ever seen. And I don't know if that's true, but I, my God, it is that, stupid. That is saying something because the last <laughs> six or eight years, nothing but bullshit. We never get anything good out of our legislature. No, we it's really just, don't. Let's, let's find more ways to murder people and let's find more ways to discriminate against our own citizens. Mm -hmm. Mostly that right there and how can we block our students citizens from getting the things they need and want yes. pretty much that's it and and what do we do with this big surplus we're running in you know you know we have all thoughts. this money yeah we're not putting uh, it in a school though don't you think we would school, be paying our school. teachers a decent wage or giving them money for supplies oh that's not happening no we, we might go ahead and use it to fuck over the libraries right now but yes, i digress yeah, that's Mm -hmm. uh legislator has uh introduced a bill to bring back the firing squad now that okay. won't uh, have any effect on gerald pizzuto because 
to get a uh, mode of uh, execution approved in a state is a huge process and it takes a lot of work. And so, but here's the wild thing about it. He did present this uh, as a possibility because of the whole uh, lethal injection uh, medication issues, right? But IDOC didn't even know he was doing it. Yeah. It was like, a complete surprise to the Department of Corrections, who's like, oh, uh, hmm, no, we didn't know. Well, guess what? Now, it used to be apparently firing squad was one of the cheapest, fastest, most uh, efficient ways that you could uh, put someone to death. Well, now, because of new, I don't know what, laws and the impl implementation of it or whatnot, uh, firing squad now is twice as expensive as putting a needle in somebody's arm. So yeah. now they're like, what in the, what? You yeah. know, it kills me that you would present something like that that you didn't write in conjunction with the Department of Corrections. Well, not here because by God, nobody's yeah. going to do anything that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. As long as people can sharpen up a crayon, they'll write something up and throw it into the Congress. But... Guys, and I know many of you know, <laughs> Wisconsin, Oklahoma, yeah, yeah. Indiana, yeah, we're all getting it, right? Mm -hmm. so ridiculous yeah. right and who would want to i wonder if that's part of it who are they gonna hire and how much do they have to pay them to be part of that damn firing squad well apparently quite a bit because it's become quite expensive but frankly you gotta remember we're in a gunfucker state you guys mm -hmm. there would be people lined up around the block to get there to would. do this there which would. is gross as hell but yeah but i would think they wouldn't i mean wouldn't this be like law enforcement or military people I, I have no idea how they hire i don't know people. i don't know how it's worked in the past and by the way thank you sarah sarah yeah. says no offense but true crime squad is the best thing to come out of idaho thank yeah, you yeah this state's ridiculous we'll take that mm -hmm. idaho had the firing squad until 2009 yeah yeah we until quite recently but it hadn't been used in in decades and so we right. finally got got rid of it do they use their yeah. own guns yeah we don't know right that's like the whole thing like what does that even how would that do what people just show up like? This is what Idaho would do. People oh, would God. just volunteer and they would bring their own AR-15s. And do a lottery. Everything. And they yeah. would all be dressed in the most ridiculous bullshit tactical gear camo outfits <laughs> you've ever seen that probably cost them 10 grand just to wear. Um, yeah. and, and people would volunteer. I'm not kidding. They would. Oh, they would. They 100% would. Yes. Without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Cranky said it would have to be law enforcement. Otherwise, you would have some Yahoo with a rifle show up and shoot their foot off. Oh, it, it, indeed, oh, that would happen. 100%. 100%. Probably the superintendent of one of the schools. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't know. But the reason I brought it up, because it doesn't really affect Gerald Pizzuto. However, he did ask for the firing squad a couple mm -hmm. of years ago. Uh, but the reason I brought it up is because you know who it would affect or could Chad affect? Laurie. <laughs> Chad and Lori. Yeah. Yeah, just if those two both get the death penalty, which frankly, I kind of doubt that either of them do. But what if they did and Idaho had finally had to move away from lethal injection and two firing squad? Well, anyway, you can just I'll just leave you to your own uh, imaginations on that one. But it is a thing. <laughs> just spend some time with your own thoughts there. <laughs> oh, oh, Halo, it's like that story called the lottery. Right. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of like that. A little bit. Yeah. That's kind of like what living here is like, honestly. A little bit, yes. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the Sarah Lawrence sex cult. 
Yeah. So who okay, doesn't so, want to talk about that? I, the fact that it's called that, I think is really stupid. But we all know what we're talking about. If I say it, it's Larry Ray. And we just we just covered and up, did an update on this a couple of weeks ago. One of the victims of Larry Ray, uh, Isabel, Isabella Pollock, um, she ended up being charged as a co-conspirator, if you will recall, and said that she was being uh, used, you know, that she was basically his pimp, kind of, you know, she, he was bringing, she was bringing people in. Yeah. She has now been sentenced to 54, which is four and a half years. I don't know why they have to say it in months. Mm-hmm. Uh, four and a half years in federal prison for what they consider to be her involvement in extortion, extortion conspiracy, sex trafficking conspiracy, racketeering conspiracy, and money laundering. Mm-hmm. And I find this really sad because she was one of his original victims. Yeah. And got and so really drank all the Kool-Aid, man. Yeah. Got so sucked in that now she's going to prison for four and a half years. Yeah. It's really Will sad. she be considered a sex offender? I would assume so. Uh yeah, conspiracy to commit sex trafficking. I would imagine so. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what the well, this is federal. This these are federal crimes. So mm-hmm. It's just, I, it's really unfortunate. I think it's really sad. And I'm not, I'm not defending anything she did. I'm just saying like, she was first a victim in this situation, you know? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just gross and really unfortunate. Yeah. Yep. It is sad. Honestly, I'm glad four and a half years is all she got because I'm afraid right? it could have been a lot worse. And he hopefully... got like 60, so... Hopefully now with him going away forever and maybe this will give her an opportunity to reset herself and find yeah. some way to claim some kind of a life. Right. It sucks. I, I hope so. Cause yeah, it does suck. It, I just think it's real sad. And, and speaking of people that got roped in, made terrible decisions and couldn't find a way to claim some kind of a life. Talk to us about Manson. You guys, Linda Kasabian has died. Yeah. So Linda Kasabian was one of, uh, was a part of the Manson family, and she was a lookout during the murders. So she died, she's just died, she's 73, and she had a a deal with, uh, um, with law enforcement. She got immunity. And she, her testimony is really what convicted Manson and the rest of his accomplices. Mm-hmm. And she didn't actually take part in any of the murders, but she was like the lookout. She was like 20 years old, you guys. She had been living in Washington State and had changed her surname. So people didn't really necessarily even know who she was. I think she just tried to live a very quiet life and disappear mm-hmm. after all of that insanity. But this, of course, was after those murders that happened in 69. Sorry. Awesome. Yeah. 16. Oh, yeah. Murders happened in 69. And then there were the trials in 1970. And she basically, she sunk the whole crew. 
with what she saw and sent them all to prison. And mm -hmm. she has now passed away. Yep. Yeah, we know Manson died in 2017. He was 83. Yep. And, you know, there are still, there aren't very many of them around anymore. Yeah. But that's just interesting. You know, she mm -hmm. managed, I guess, at least to move on and have some kind of life. I'm sure changing her name was, and, and going to so another state was super important. Yeah. In order to do that, but. Just, I'm sure that's true, but wow. Yeah. You know, they, those, those girls, those women, I should say women, they were women, but they were real young. She was 20. Yeah. When she, you know, went to live at the ranch and all that jazz. And, um, you know, all those murders happened the same year she went to live there. She hadn't known them very long. No. When she became the lookout. That's right. She was the one with the driver's license. So she was the lookout so that the mm -hmm. rest of them could go murder people and she could drive yep. away. So. Yep. Yep. Super sad. Yet another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Life ruined. Young, impressionable impressionable people falling for some yeah. really crazy shit at least for her she got the opportunity to speak up and to testify yeah. against them and, and that had to help her mm -hmm. you know i really feel bad for the the gal in the larry ray case because she's just treated like a villain and i just yeah. feel like she was also a victim and had been yeah. for a long time yeah before she kind of turned, but did she really turn or did she really feel like she didn't have a choice? You know, was she coerced right. and pressured? And so many of the people involved with Larry Ray were absolutely terrified mm -hmm. that terrible things were going to happen to them. And so mm -hmm. they went along with him for a decade yeah, because of it. So you can only imagine. Yep. Her fear. And yeah. Her she was there at Hale. So she was there for like a month. Right. She had, she barely knew yeah. these people when this mm -hmm. went down. Which probably made it easier for her to testify against him, I would imagine. It's probably true. And thank goodness she did, really. Yeah. But uh, I don't believe his daughter is going to be charged. No, I no. think they're done. Alec is the only one who is going to be charged. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I just think no one but him should have been. That's just my two cents. Yeah. Well, <sighs> should we move on to Murdoch? Please do. I've been dying for this all day. <laughs> Okay, I want to say this because we're going to laugh a little. I'm going to show you a couple of videos that will make you pee your pants. We're not laughing at the fact that people were murdered no. or conned out of all of their money. No. This trial has just been like something out of, a, I don't know, Perry Mason meets Scooby-Doo movie. I don't know. Yeah, it's I like just... an, an old Southern cartoon, kind of. <laughs> yeah. There's been some wild stuff. So please, uh, I hope that you can uh, appreciate that and understand that we are not laughing at what happened to Paul and Maggie in any way. No. Uh, however, we typically find a little humor in everything. And uh, some of the stuff that's gone on in this court has really, really had to make me go, hmm. So mm -hmm. I have a few videos to show you, uh, but I wanted to just bring you up to date. So last week, of course, uh, Alec got on the stand and testified it really turned into quite the deal because the defense called him on thursday and the defense spent four-ish five-ish hours with him maybe 
and then it felt um, like 150 years oh my gosh it was so ridiculous mostly they were just like telling down home old family stories well yeah the way he was talking with his you know he doesn't always talk with such a drawl like it was so affected the whole thing and the nicknames and all that shit and them taking this opportunity to clear up clear up all of the lies that had been told because we know that he has done nothing but lie and then of course all of his lies had already been uh exposed by the prosecution with all of the digital data right all of the digital data completely stood in defiance of everything that he told sled that he told the uh, local police Everything that he has said has been exposed as a lie as far as his alibi, where he was, when, what actually happened, the Snapchat video, like all of it totally busted him. So they get him on the stand and he's like, oh, yeah, well, yes, I lied about everything then. So I'm going to go ahead and tell the truth now. Yeah. Just so you know, this is the truth. That was the lie. So he sat there so relaxed sitting back, arm draped, just telling his stories. And basically, the whole story was that he didn't trust SLED. SLED is like their state police investigators. Mm -hmm. But he didn't trust them because of the way they handled a case that he was involved in like 10 years ago. And Mm -hmm. so he got really, really nervous because remember, he was a drug addict and he was on all of this oxy and he just got really nervous when they came. And so he just told them all a whole bunch of lies. So anyway, guys, don't worry about it. He's lied about literally everything, but now it's true. So now, you know. Well, also, he was such a heavy drug user, according to him, that he should have been dead a long time ago. He's such a liar. He claimed that he was using up to 2000 milligrams of oxy a day. And now, pharmacists, functioning as an attorney. Pharmacists are coming out of the woodwork saying there is no possible way that would not support life. Now, some addicts are saying, ah, don't dig too soon. Dude's 6'5 and weighs 200 or weighs close to 300 pounds and a long term addict. It's possible, but we don't know. What we do know is that uh, it's the way he gaslighted uh, the entire room was amazing to watch and shocking so shocking to hear him just be like oh yeah 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 yep so anyway yeah i lied and that's why but it's all right because now i'm telling you the truth and basically just uh kind of agreed with all of the the uh the data but kind of disagreed like they just left kind of a state of uh confusion Mm -hmm. it is very intentional very scripted yeah planned situation it was gross Mm. as hell it was something it was like i i I saw a lot of people on twitter saying things like this will be used in police trainings for years to come like these videos to try to recognize a narcissistic liar when you see one it was really something and and some people were buying it hook line and sinker now i will tell you that uh court tv and a few other uh news entities claimed that the jury was crying People that were in the courtroom said that couldn't have been further from the truth, that there was no crying going on in the jury whatsoever, and that that was really a lot of, uh, you know, grandstanding for to, for views, for drama, that nobody right. was crying in the courtroom, for particularly, uh, you know. Except for Alex, although he Except was faking Alex. it. Yeah. He uh, used a lot of one tissue. 
that mm-hmm. never changed because it was never actually wet. Yeah. So then, so the prosecution had him the rest of the day. And then by evening on Thursday, the prosecution, they have to rest for the day. They'll be back at 930 the next morning on Friday. And Dick Harputlian has the absolute nerve to start arguing with the judge and the prosecution about the fact that they're taking too long. They're taking too long. I have expert witnesses in town that I was planning on calling to the stand tomorrow. And the cost of keeping them in town over the weekend is astronomical. And I just, we just cannot do that. We just can't afford that. So he either needs to wrap this up or he's just going to have to put this on pause and he can put Alec back on the stand next week. After I get all of my expert witnesses in. The hell. And... The judge is like, I don't think so, you know, and the prosecution's like, oh, no, you had the time you had and we'll have the time we have. And they're like, well, how much more time is it going to take? Even the judge asked him, how much more time do you need? And he goes, I don't know, three or four hours, maybe five. Depends on how cooperative he is. I don't know. I can't really say. Here's Nor should he have to. Here's what the, the hell? is so damn rich about that. Dick Harputlian and company, they don't live in the town where this trial is going on. So they have rented a wedding venue. Just rented the whole venue for them to live in uh, throughout this trial. And now bear in mind, now we're, you know, nearly at uh, a month. That place, at least according to Mandy Matney, who uh, has the, the murder, the murder, 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 murder uh, podcast that is mm-hmm. fantastic if you haven't listened to it. Uh, she says that that venue is $20,000 a week. So those mofros are living in this posh $20,000 a week facility while they are here. And they actually tried to pass off to the judge that they just simply couldn't afford to keep their expert witnesses in over the weekend. Yeah. And basically, the prosecution's like, dude, if you didn't want this to... Uh, y- you shouldn't have put him on the stand yet if you didn't have time to put him on the stand. Right. That's not my problem. And I am not done crossing him. And I'm not going to be done till I'm done. Yeah. That multiple times in this trial, Harputlian has tried to step in and say that uh, the prosecution's taking too long and they need to hurry up. I mean, no, they don't. Off. Give me yeah. a break. No, they don't. So that's kind of what happened uh, yet last week. And then, of course, Harputlian did finally get to put his experts on the stand on Monday. <laughs> Basically, the cross lasted most of the day on Friday. Good job, Cretan Waters. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, on Monday, when they put their experts on the stand, my God, do these guys not understand what expert means? Or could they just not find people that would say what they want them to say? That's what I think. There's a question about Maggie's phone because Maggie's phone got tossed. So there was a question about when it got tossed, what, uh, when the screen opened, who opened it. There's, you know, been some stuff that the experts needed to weigh in on on the phone. They get this person on the stand who's supposedly an expert on this, who starts explaining his process for uh, figuring out if the phone would have. Uh, opened in the process of it getting tossed uh, out the car window or if it didn't. 
here's how he did it. He got a phone that was the same year and same kind as Maggie's, and he threw it across his office a whole bunch of times. <laughs> what? <laughs> the prosecution's like, did you keep a log of that? He's like, no. It's like, you, did you keep records? And he was like, I didn't do that. Did you it's video like, did you, it? Did you? Yeah. No. He's like, what was your like process here? No, he just did it a bunch of times and he's here to tell you this is what happened. So the prosecution's like, this is not a serious witness. We cannot consider him a serious witness. I mean, are you kidding me? But the gun witnesses were no better. Now, the forensic scientists that got on the stand, man, Harpootlian couldn't have been more disrespectful to her if he had tried. Oof. The way he yelled at her, attempted to belittle her, interrupted her, purposely misunderstood her and then refused to let her speak or refused to understand what she was saying was really something else really something else and she was good and she stood her ground she held her own but man the way he treated her was something else yeah yes sandra witness expert testimony yeah that was really something yeah they have to be qualified right in the the voir dire voir dire voir dire or whatever yeah uh, i'm not sure sarah i i'm not really sure but that was really something sarah says he was probably a phone throwing expert <laughs> Apparently, sounds like throwing. that's about it. Yeah, yep. The experts have been really weak, uh, really weak. Anyway, so that's that's some of the highlights and the lowlights. Uh, Alex's brother took the stand, and that was kind of something. Um, he was, I don't know, seemed to be a little more believable than the rest of them. I don't know that he had anything to say that was super useful, except for that. He, along with the other brothers and other attorneys, were immediately allowed to traipse all over that crime scene. He was cleaning the crime scene in a hot minute. Like, they just, the way, the, the privilege that the Murdoch family was given in the uh, way this case was handled is astonishing. Absolutely astonishing. But he did say something that uh, I thought was fairly entertaining. This is one of those moments that I warned you about. Uh, yeah. This is something only your brother could do to you. Uh, this is John Marvin, his brother, John Marvin. Uh, he is talking about a time when uh, obviously Alec must have been, uh, you know, drying out or trying to, uh, well, not drying out. I think that's the opposite. Trying to uh, detox, I guess, from, mm -hmm. from Oxy is, is the, the going story. I'm not making fun of people who have who are detoxing in any way, but if uh, your brother gets on the stand and says this about you, well, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. He, yeah, he messed himself. He he had diarrhea. Um, it just couldn't control it. And then, um, and, and I say diarrhea. I'm not talking about at a restroom. I'm talking about in the car in his pants. Okay. And. Um, because <laughs> this was really relevant to his testimony this was his chance to get back at his dumbass brother for shitting his pants in his car <laughs> <laughs> and Alex's face <laughs> I know that and how the judge or, or the, uh, the defense I think it was Harpootlian or, or one of them he, he said, okay, like he was done hearing about it. Then he's like, no, no, I mean, like he 
he shit himself. But he didn't say that. But, you know, in, in the trunk, not in the restroom. Yeah, it's like, it wasn't in, in the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's on the official record. <laughs> what? <laughs> so that was a moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another moment, uh, someone on Twitter put together a compilation of times that Dick Harpootlian or shall we call him great-grandfather Harpootlian, oh got God. super confused on the stand. Uh, Dick, I think your time has come. It's about time to hit the old rocking chair because you don't know yeah. what's up. I called this file confused pooter. <laughs> she said what he said, maybe what he wished she said. I don't believe he said she said what he, he um, said. Um, your Honor, um, okay. Um, now let's talk a little bit about the um, the um, room, the, the the bedroom, and well, let me ask you this. Let's back off just a little bit. You <laughs> what? He said that she said, and he thought he said, but she didn't say, and he thought that she said that he said, but maybe she didn't say. He thought she said. I mean, but what if it? What? Uh, it looks so. The prosecutor came along like. What was I, what was I talking about? <laughs> he kind of went, help. <laughs> Reminds me of George W. Bush with the fool me once. Yeah. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Remember that whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> what in the actual? <laughs> That's kind of how he's been. Uh, that would really got me. But I got to say, I have really, really liked the prosecutor. Uh, he is a part of the uh, the state. He, some people don't. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, pundits, or not pundits, a lot of talking heads right now, court people, that think that he's done things. They don't like how much time he's put into the financials. Here's the thing. When he first started questioning Alec, it was all about a lot of his financial crimes, especially some of the most heinous ones. Mm -hmm. um, Satterfield boys who got evicted from their trailer court while they were waiting for that money that he was holding and stealing. Yep. And he's got millions of their money. The, the guy that was uh, paralyzed and then died and, and others like it. And, and some people have been very critical of that, that he wasted way too much time on that. I, I, I think that a couple of things have to be considered. The first of which is of course um, it really goes to character. Oh, yeah. You know? Shows you what an absolute trash human being he is. And what a liar he is. Yeah. I think he really needed the jury to see this is how easily lies roll off of his tongue, you yeah. know? And, and and the stakes of which he's willing to lie. He's lied to the tune of $8 million that we know of so far. Like, it, he's not afraid to commit crimes and lie about them. No. But here's the other thing you have to consider. If he's found guilty of Maggie and Paul's murders, it's likely that the financial crimes won't actually be tried. Maybe they will, but they don't have to be at that point. He'll already be going to prison forever. And if they aren't, that was the only opportunity for those people to get any justice or recognition and have their names and their stories be heard. And I think that's important. I feel like that was very sensitive to them. Yeah, he doesn't mm -hmm. care who gets hurt at all, at all, in any way. 
Well, he yeah. fessed up to all of those things too. When the oh, yeah. prosecutor brought him up, he said, yeah, I did that. Yep. Mm -hmm. I did that. I did that. Mm -hmm. And, and is gaslighting the jury into thinking that, you know, he's just coming clean now. Mm -hmm. I did all those things, but it's okay. I mean, that's I'm not a bad guy now. General vibe. Yeah. I, yeah, I did all of those things, but it's okay. I didn't um, kill my family. That was the one thing I didn't do. Mm -hmm. Yep. Whatever. So the thing that, uh, so, so that's one of the things that people have criticized uh, Cretan Waters about, but I, I kind of disagree uh, for those reasons. Uh, he did take a lot of time on it, like several hours. That was one of the things Harpootlian mm -hmm. said is, I thought this was a murder trial, and he's been crossing, cross-examining uh, the defendant for two or three hours now and hasn't said the word murder once. He doesn't have to, Dick. No, he doesn't. Yeah. But at any rate, and then... Some people uh, weren't happy with the cross or with the uh, closing remarks today. Felt like he could have hit a little bit harder than he did. Here's what I'm going to say. I think he's reading the room. I think he understands the jury much better than most of us do. These, uh, these people, the, the jury and the people in this county, they aren't the same as other people, right? They are much more soft-spoken and gentle and polite and they're different here in the u.s especially from coast to coast and community to community people are very different mm -hmm. i think that he is very sensitive to who these south carolinians are and that he is being very relatable to them and it may not be to us mm -hmm. do i think they're going to get uh a do I think that they're going to actually uh, convict them? I don't know that they are. I would not be surprised at all to see a hung jury come back. I wouldn't. The The gaslighting, the major gaslighting and manipulation that went on on the stand was intense. Well, and all of the evidence is pretty circumstantial. It's a lot of technology, a little difficult to describe, you know, and understand there's no murder weapons. Mm -hmm. That no part is enough. There's some... Yep, and and the crime scene got pretty muffed up with mm -hmm. with very little forensics, so there's definitely some big challenges. Will it matter? At the end of the day, with everything that he's charged with, law and crime just figures that he's going to go to prison for more than seven hundred years. So, well, I mean, one of the things that that Creighton did is he got him to admit to a whole bunch of those financial crimes under oath. Yep. So if he doesn't go for murder, he's already admitted to all that other stuff in court. Yes. Yes. And yeah, the jury went to Moselle today. They weren't allowed to speak to each other or anybody else. They just were able to go there and see the crime scene. Um, the press weren't allowed to go either. Uh, it's a pretty sobering thing for sure. So I really hope that they convict, but I'm not a thousand percent convinced they will. I, I just... Yeah. I would not be surprised at all to see a hung jury. But again, there are so many financial crimes that he's already admitted to. Alex is done. I hope that for Maggie's family and for their friends and for people who loved them that didn't try to help cover up this crime and act like complete total uh, Murdochs, mm -hmm. uh, that, uh, that they do get that conviction. I really do. I'm not totally convinced, but to end today, I just, I had a few videos I want to show you that I thought were, uh, impactful. So the first one is at the end of the cross. 
This is at the very end of the cross-examination. Uh, when I start the video, you're going to hear some hysterical crying. This is Alec on the phone with 911. And then oh, the yes. very first officer show up. The reason that, well, actually, I'm just going to let you watch it. I think that it's self-explanatory. But uh, when you hear all that howling and bawling, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. That's my bro. Okay. <laughs> when was the last time you were here with them? Or talked to them or anything like that? Um, it was earlier tonight. Uh, I don't know the exact time, but... Okay. I left, I was probably gone an hour and a half from my mom's and I saw them about 45 minutes before that. That was Sergeant Green, correct? That, yeah, that was Sergeant Green. And at that point in time, SLED was not there. No one had gotten GSR from you. Your law partners or Sheriff Hill were not there. That's correct. No one had asked you about your relationships. David Owen was not there. That's correct. But you still told the same lie. And all those reasons that you just gave this jury about the most important part of your testimony was a lie too. Isn't that true, Mr. Murdoch? I, I disagree with that. Nothing further. You hear that person in the back? Woo! Yeah! So all because he said that he had told all those lies about his alibi because he didn't trust Sled. Mm -hmm. Well, he told the same lie to a police officer that he's known for a million years that was yeah. his friend that he's worked with on various cases throughout the years in his capacity as uh, a deputy uh, prosecutor in that county and as well as just somebody that he knew. He lied to him, too. He lied mm -hmm. to everybody. His alibi is shot. He doesn't have one. No. But I loved that mic drop moment from Mr. Yeah. Waters. Yeah, uh, was really good. And then I want to share with you the very beginning of the closing and then the very end of the closing statements today. Uh, now, tomorrow morning, the, the defense will have an opportunity to do their closing statement. And then the prosecution gets one more one of you said it in our chat room. It killed me. One more crack at the apple. Uh, one more <laughs> opportunity. He'll have the final. John Pryor um, has ruined us forever. Right. <laughs> He'll have the final rebuttal tomorrow afternoon. And then the jury will go into deliberations. So this is the very beginning of the closing statement today. It's been a long trial, hasn't it? On June 7th, 2021, at the Moselle property <laughs> in Colleton County, Maggie Murdoch and Paul Murdoch were brutally and maliciously murdered at the kennels by Alec Murdoch. Paul, as you know, suffered two shotgun blasts. Maggie suffered five blackout rifle wounds. And after an exhaustive investigation, there is only one person who had the motive, who had the means, who had the opportunity to commit these crimes and also whose guilty conduct after these crimes betrays him. The defendant was the one person who was living a lie 
The defendant is the person on which a storm was descending, and the defendant is a person where his own storm would actually mean consequences for Maggie and Paul and consequences for those who trusted him. And that person is the defendant, Richard Alexander Murdoch. And the closing. This defendant, on the other hand, has fooled everyone, everyone, everyone who thought they were close to him, everyone who thought they knew he was who he was. He's fooled them all. And he fooled Maggie and Paul, too. And they paid for it with their lives. Don't let him fool you too. On behalf of the state of South Carolina, I ask you to return a verdict of guilty against the defendant, Richard Alexander Murdoch, for the murder of his wife, Maggie, and his son, Paul, for his possession of firearms during the commission of those malicious offenses. Thank y'all for your attention during this long trial. And there you have it. Pretty interesting to watch Alec during that, especially towards the end. He kind of puffed up and kind of got mm-hmm. a little arrogant. Wow. That's who you want to look like right now, huh? Okay, then. Mm-hmm. I think Creighton Waters has done as well as he could. Mm-hmm. With the evidence that he was given, with the uh, tactical work that was done by SLED and by the other uh, law enforcement agencies that were involved, I think he's done as well as he could with the evidence that he had. I just hope it's enough. I really do. Yeah, I hope so, too. But again, if it isn't, he did manage to get Alex to uh, just cop to practically everything else. So He did, which was a really brilliant, brilliant move on his part, I think, because that's going to get him convicted of something. Well, when the defense announced that they were going to put him on the stand, they tried to talk the judge into allow into barring the prosecution from crossing him on any financial crimes. Right. And the judge had already ruled that that was in as mm-hmm. part of motive. Yeah, and so the judge so. is like, no, I'm not doing that. The judge has been great. I, w- I want to give him props, too. He has been great. But uh, it's really been something. Yeah, Nancy Grace sitting right behind Buster today. Yeah, <laughs> Look, looking real serious and sober. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's been a man in the courtroom that looks a lot like uh, Michael Crichton. Hmm. And it turns out he is the mayor. <laughs> Say Michael Crichton's dead. Oh, not Michael Crichton. Who? Uh, oh, you mean um, John Grisham? Yes, John Grisham. That's right. Yeah, a lot of people thought that John Grisham was in the courtroom, but it turns out it's the mayor. Looks a oh, lot wow, like him. Funny. Yeah. Yep. Oh, interesting. Sarah said prior bad acts, like the financial stuff, can't be used to prove bad character, but can be used to prove motive, as it was here. Thank you, yeah. Sarah. 
Yeah. And it might just be, you know, assumed to be also bad characters. <laughs> yeah. And also, this guy's a big piece of shit. Yeah. But yes, motive being that, uh, you know, the day this, these murders happened, work started asking for their money. And yeah. started asking him about checks that were written to him instead of to the law firm and started peeking. And also, of course, he was real close to having to turn over all of his financials due to Paul's accident. Yep. Also, it it's very possible that Paul was going to do some time for that accident. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot was coming down. Yeah. So there you go. So I think we've covered everything into infinitum. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're way over, no matter. We no, really no are. Mess, but that's all right. Right. We got to get through this. Sorry, sorry for keeping you that long, but I think it was all worth it. Uh, so we'll be back tomorrow afternoon live stream sometime around 4 Mountain, just depending on how long court is. Uh, mm -hmm. And we'll be in court tomorrow. And, of course, uh, over in our True Crime Squad discussion group, you can follow that on Facebook or come join that group on Facebook and then follow along with the, uh, the live tweeting of it as well. That's where mm -hmm. we'll be doing that. So, yep. All righty. Well. Have a good night. Go do something good for yourselves. I think we all need to after all that. Definitely. <sighs> yeah. All righty. Well, this has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Take care. Bye, everybody.